I'm sorry that I uh, pulled you away from being a Jedi. It's uh, It was really tough to bring myself out of the immersion. Um, I was running and jumping and killing things with dual lightsabers, and it's been very fun and Man. very great. Um, so pulling myself away was tough. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like it so far? There's been some back and forth I've seen on, on the Discord. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's a huge game. So to give you like some perspective, it is 128 gigabytes. Okay. Fortnite and- is 40. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like it's, I mean, it's big. It's really, really big. Um, so it's in that being that big, it does not perform as well as you'd hope for the, and it's not even like a, cause I'm playing it on my PlayStation and it's not a PlayStation versus PC thing because like on PlayStation, the performance is okay. And then on PC, it's really yeah. bad, which normally it'd be the other way around. Um, huh. So that's really the only, everything else is phenomenal about it. The combat, the story, everything that's been going on, bought in, love it. It's great. The trying to not be distracted by like the graphics that are happening. Like, uh, so something called like screen tear. So when you turn, it doesn't fully load all at the same time. Right. So it's half the, like it, it sounds a oh. lot jarring than it is, but it is noticeable when you're playing, but like, it's like a half second delayed on the top of the screen versus the bottom of the screen where the character is. And that's like, it's called screen tear. It's, it's pretty disorienting. Um, and, uh, it's just noticeable enough to be annoying. And then every so often you'll feel it like chug, right? Like you'll make a turn and it's like the game slows down for a minute and then comes back up. Um, right. And so you'll feel that semi frequently because it's such a big game and it's loading concepts all the time. Um, yeah, and I know from playing video games that it's because it's like it's so big and there's so many things it's trying to load all at the same time. Because, like, uh, the first planet, and this is a semi spoiler, but you're on Coruscant, right? Which is a bunch of it's just all buildings all the time, all buildings, New it's, York, it's in the space that's exactly right, it's New York City in space. Uh, and so there's neon lights. It's, you know, uh, it's got dark and light contrast because it's at night and it's raining, but it, you also have like these neon building lights and things like that. Performance was pretty poor, like, because you mm. have so many things contrasting and so many different like things that it's running and all these buildings need to be loaded and all these assets and the, you know, uh, spaceships flying by and the, the scooters flying by, right? All that kind of stuff needs to be loaded uh, all the time. So you can tell like the performance is pretty bad on that. Uh, I just got to the next planet in the line after I would say that's like the tutorial planet. I just got to like the first planet and it's better. Tatooine. It's not Tatooine. Because I feel like those are the only two planets that Star Wars ever visits. This is a, this is a, uh, although there are the, um, another small spoiler, but there's a, the space pilot robots, you know, the ones that like have the big circle face and like me, 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 those ones. No, no road runner. Thank you. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> it's gotten better. I, I still like it. Um, I'm enjoying it. I think they will come out with some like big patches in the next couple of weeks I'm that sure. will make it like that much better. I don't know why they didn't do this in the first place, but here's the problem. In gaming, I, I don't know if we've talked about this or not, but in gaming, 
the pandemic shifted how video games are made. So yeah. video games were almost exclusively like with people in person. Okay. Like almost exclusive, which you think would weird for like you're building things on computers and things yeah. like that. But it was so collaborative and also the investment you had to make into the computers that make video games are super expensive. So they only wanted them in the building. Okay. Pandemic hits. People can't be in the building for two years, basically, right? People had to right. shift for, to working from home, which is completely different. It's completely, you know, for video game people who like get together and talk about things and storyboard on big whiteboards and, and like basically every part of video game development shifted and changed. Um, and so because of that, we had video games delayed non like there's a, there was a video game supposed right. to come out in 2021. Uh, called Starfield, and it's not coming out until September of this year. So, like, two and a half years of delay. Um, and part of that is just, like, the the agencies weren't, or the, uh, not agencies, but the developers weren't prepared for it, and they weren't, like, they just didn't do a good job adjusting to it. Yeah. Um, flip side, it's very, very difficult, right? So, um, but anyway, they didn't want to delay because so many video games have been delayed, and I think that's part of the reason why they didn't wait a little bit longer on this one um so we'll see i'm sure they'll put out a bunch of big patches it's a vi it's a phenomenal video games reviewing really well it's just getting review bombed because performance is a big part of video gaming right because it takes away from the experience when you're like in this simulation of being a jedi you're very fast moving fluid trying to right. spin lightsabers around and you know it it chugs a little bit here chugs a little bit there and you're like oh this is it, it's just a little bit disorienting so do you have a lightsaber in your house? Not in this no, not in this house. No, not yet. Um I don't have any room for it. And it's the same reason <laughs> I would like to I guess I, I could mount it right here next to my computer, but um I it's the same reason that Katie talked about with our entire family because of how expensive it is, but getting me the Rivendell set for my birthday uh but i don't have a place to a build it because i have children and they'll come and destroy it and i don't have yeah. like a, a place i can hide it while i build it uh and then b i don't have a place to put it like once it's done what do mm. i do just put it on a table somewhere you know like my house just doesn't right. have i have this man cave but it's i would say like half of a man cave right like i have the mm. bookshelf mm -hmm. and the bookshelf has my things on it and if it doesn't fit on the bookshelf, it's not. It, it can't go anywhere. So, damn. So, that's where I'm at. I will get a lightsaber. You just wait. Good. I want to see you swinging that thing around, like that, uh, like the old lightsaber kid YouTube video. Do you remember that, the Star Wars guy? Boy, do I! I man, I loved it. I loved every bit of it. I <laughs> am somebody who's watched. Uh, so Ray Park, the guy who plays Darth Maul, was the oh, yeah coordinator, the lightsaber like fighting coordinator before he was uh darth maul and uh i've watched like his behind the scenes videos of him training uh everyone how to use lightsabers and it's just it's phenomenal it's great Jared, are you a nerd i'm a huge nerd joe how have we not <laughs> this this we play dungeons and dragons together man i don't know what more you want from me
Welcome to Big Dad Energy, the journey of parenting and adulting through the eyes of two young dads. I'm your co-host, Joe Lopez, and with me, as always, is my co-dad, Jared Shizmanski. Jared, how the heck are you? Joe, I'm good. I'm very good. I, uh, I stayed up very late last night um, because the NFL draft happened. Did. And it was, uh, it was great and crazy and drunk all at the same time. I mean, they were... <laughs> so for those that don't pay attention to American sports or don't care, I'm going to give you the 30 seconds of what the draft machine is. Uh, so from the minute the season ends and for most teams that don't make the playoffs, that's beginning of January. Okay. Although, yeah. and then officially it ends on February the after the Super Bowl on like the second week of February from that moment until yesterday. So what's that four months or, you know, two and a half months. Um, in those two and a half months, it is every reporter, sports writer, sports analyst, ESPN, anything. It's their job to just talk about these kids that may or may not get drafted. Okay. Right. So they pump out nonstop, um, nonstop mock drafts and just mock draft after mock draft of, I think this team's going to take this person. I think this person, this team's going to take this person, all this stuff, right? That's all they do. For two and a half months. And this year's draft was especially crazy because it's a lot of good players, but not a lot of great players. So like mm-hmm. there there was a lot of curiosity. There's like four, I would say five, I would say, elite players. I'm not gonna name them because nobody'll know, but there's like five elite players. And the rest are pretty good. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's up okay. to the teams to kind of lay that out and be like, okay. Right. Of these pretty, you know, the five elite players, they went as, as you would assume, right? There was one that fell because he was he has some character concerns and he got in a car accident before the draft and or before the combine and all that stuff, but um anyway, the top of the draft went about how you'd assume. There was some teams moving and shaking, but the people that went, you'd assume they would go there, okay? After I would say five, it just the floodgates opened up. It was like a free for all right. of like there were people getting picked uh, in the like top 10 that people didn't mock until the late 20s. And then the Lions came on and they took a running back that people like had mocked in the second round. They took him 12th overall. Um, and it was like this big uh. shock. And then right after he went, a cornerback that wasn't mocked until like late second, early third went at 13. Like it was, it was wild. Like it just opened up and just a crazy. Uh, and so there's been lots of debate today about like, do what actually happened with the draft? Like why, how did <laughs> it's basically all the reporters that did mocks for months and months and months ask themselves, what did we get wrong? And why did the GM right. go a different direction? Right. So, uh, it's been crazy. Uh, and I stayed up way too late watching it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so that's where, that's where I'm at. And then I took the, as we talked about, I took today off to be a Jedi and, and spend some time. Yeah. Uh, playing video games, which I haven't done in a very long time, and I am appreciative of the opportunity to be able to do it uh, because you don't get this opportunity as a parent very, very often. So I'm excited. Right. Nice. Nice. Uh, well, that's very cool. Uh, yeah, I watched you? a little bit of the draft. I'm good. I'm all right. It's a uh, two fifteen yeah. Friday afternoon. <laughs> well, one of us is at work right now. Yeah, one of us is at work right now, which. Hopefully my boss doesn't listen to this. Yeah, it's all right. You're on lunch. If he does, I'm on lunch. 
Um, yeah, I'm I'm good. It's been a week. Uh, Cora was supposed to start soccer practice this week, Ooh. and it got canceled on Monday. Yep. And they were supposed to do it today, and it got canceled today. This and her so first weird. game's tomorrow. So, oh. yeah, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It'll be very very just cool. Go I out think, and kick the ball. Maybe. It'll be fine. Yeah, Cora doesn't know that. She's just gonna pick it up. Yeah, well, you get lots of penalties. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah so it's been it's been good we did see bluey's big play last weekend which was great oh yeah tell me about that it was fun um it was only like 50 minutes so like it wasn't oh, too nice. long uh it was very cool it starts out with like bin chickens like puppet bin chickens like kind of going around the stage and like the puppets are amazing like the they look really great um like the the puppet birds that are flying around. It it just looked very cool. It it felt like you were, you know, in the TV show. Um yeah, it was it was really fun. A lot of it was about um Bluey and Bingo trying to keep Bandit away from his phone. Mm, okay. So that he would play with them. Um Yeah, it was a it was a good time. Did it flow um, basically with, like an episode? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a fifty minute long episode. That's pretty good. Um yeah, it was fun. There was a lot of great, you know, the kids were laughing, and it, it was fun to see all these kids there, like, all in bluey gear and parents all in bluey <laughs> gear. Like, it was, it was great. It was a really good time. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that, we're we're doing all right. It's uh, cold again, still. It's been cold for, like, two weeks. It, we got that really nice two weeks, I would say. And yeah. they called that false spring. And now we're back in the throes of rain and cold and not fun it may never come it may not well it'll come but all of a sudden it'll just be 80 and like hot and sweaty yeah you know there won't be a 65 to 70 degree day it's just hot and sweaty right. that's it oh, we got grass to mow i have to plant grass actually i've been like putting it off and all this rain's been good for it but the weather's too cold you know the temperature is too cold um so I, I need to plant plant the grass and get that going so i can have a decent uh we're aiming, so Will's birthday is the end of September, right? And we're going to have his first birthday yeah. in the backyard like we did with Ben. Which means I have until the end of September to get this yard in tip-top shape. I got to do it. Yeah. You got to so, impress everybody. Everybody. Everyone, everyone knows when, when you come to a first birthday party, the first thing you're going to notice is a lawn. That's what they're going to look for. <laughs> That's what exactly. they're going to look for. So yeah. I got to make sure that I, I got it tip-top shape. That's, that's damn right. Uh so it's it's Friday. What do you got going on this upcoming weekend? Uh, so we just had a new coffee shop open right next to us um, called Drifter Coffee. Ooh. Yeah, it's very, very okay. great. Uh, it's walking distance um, nice. from us, which is really nice. So last night, actually, we walked up there, got a couple of iced teas and, and walked home, um, which was good. And then, yeah, it was. Uh, so we did that. And then tomorrow morning, that's what we're going to do. Because Katie has a um, a class, and we always pick one day of the weekend to not make coffee at home to just go out and get coffee. Right. Um, so it's normally Saturday. So that's what we'll do. We'll wake up and we'll go out and get some coffee. Excuse me. Go, uh, get some coffee. Go for a walk. Um, and then uh, cool. I got to take Ben to swimming. So we'll do that nice. tomorrow, and then see what the rest of the day has in store. I don't think we have too much plans uh, beyond that. So that'll be nice. Nice little morning relax i got video games to play and an nfl draft to cover so like i got Ugh. i got my plate full all right do you do one thing i so like most other 
I don't know what you want to call them. Big, not big cities, but cities. Sure. Towns uh, are much more modern. Like, I love that you can go walk to a coffee shop. And you sent a couple pictures. And the, the coffee shop looked like a modern, fun, like, young coffee shop, right? Yeah. Like, yep. I, ha- I have none of that around me. Like, I have a Big B. Just fine. It's a nice Big B. Yeah. But, like, I don't have a downtown coffee shop to go walk to. I'm very jealous of that. I'll be honest. We, this is the most excited we've been since moving here is about having a coffee <laughs> shop. Uh, and I don't, t- I don't say that lightly because like I said, I, I mean, coffee, if you're a parent, coffee is a big part of your life. That's yeah. just, you know, a staple. But on top of that, um, Katie and I like going to these hipster coffee places. That's kind of like our yeah. thing. We just, that uh, we like finding new ones. Uh, the one that we have actually, uh, downtown that we normally go to red hook just opened one next to our buddy kevin's apartment um and so he's able to go to uh to that one as as well um so like there's a f- bunch of them around us that we can go to in, in the cities that surround yeah. us but we have to drive and park and then right. walk which is fine like uh last weekend on sunday it was nice enough it wasn't nice nice but it was nice enough that we went parked downtown got coffee walked around right like we're able to do that but this one being in walking distance where it's like, okay, let's wake up on a Saturday morning. The park is just right over there too. So now it feels like we actually have like a walkable neighborhood place, right? Like, yeah. all right, we'll go get coffee. We'll walk over to the park, play at the park, go home. Um, even if I, I would, I would go ahead and say, this is not our favorite coffee place, right? Like out of all the ones that we normally right. go to, this isn't like when you're going to get coffee, this isn't like the ideal place, but it's still, it's good. It's coffee. It's there's great honestly i got a tea latte today on my way home and it was joe it was very very Ooh, good what kind of tea kind it of tea was an that? earl gray but they put oh, in uh God, yes. like honey and spices and things like that and it oh, was heavens mm, it was so good um love an earl gray tea latte it was so good and so uh we had you just have that ability to go and walk and go there so that's great um and that just it as cheesy as it sounds, it ties the whole neighborhood together, right? Because now yeah. there's like a place that, um, I, on a morning where I don't want to work in the basement, I can just get up, put my stuff in my backpack, walk up to the coffee shop, and go work there until lunch, right? And just do that. Right. So, um, that's uh, yeah. So it's it's a blast. We're we're I know I just right. ranted for like five minutes about how great it is to have a coffee shop walking down. <laughs> uh, it, it's just it's. But a feeling like when you live downtown someplace, you get this feeling like when we lived uh, downtown Kansas City, we walked everywhere. We had everything in our, yeah. at our disposal. The only thing you didn't really have was like a Trader Joe's or a grocery store like that. Right. Right. Like, and that was the only thing. And we even still had like a small market that had like organic right. stuff that if we needed something on a, on a pinch, we could walk to. But like everything else, restaurants, coffee, bars, they're all walking distance we're still in a pretty like suburban area. So like bars aren't really walking distance. They could be if you want to walk three miles, yeah. uh, but they're not really walking distance. Right. And then the same thing, like uh, restaurants and we don't have any of that. So like having the coffee shop open this close to us is, is huge. It, it just makes it feel, yeah. I don't know. There's something about yeah, being yeah, able you to are, just walk. You are in like that, that little outskirt of yeah. like just on the outer rim. Like you're not close enough downtown to go walk to, uh, the project or man um, if if we lived on the we've talked about that a bunch of times obviously 
we bought our house at a crazy time. There weren't a lot of houses for yeah. sale, and the ones that were for sale were super expensive, and we got ours, you know, in our budget and all that stuff. Uh, but if we could have picked where we wanted to live in Ferndale, I think we would have lived on the other side of Woodward, where the downtown is. And that would have made it a yeah. lot more walkable, a lot more, a lot better off, um, where we could get a bunch of places like the project, like, you know, all the restaurants yeah. downtown, things like that. Um, but now having it expand closer to us, that's huge. Totally. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So we're excited. What about you? What do you got going on this weekend? Cora's got um, a game. Cora's got her big soccer game tomorrow. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, but they're going to do a practice right before. So they're going to get exhausted from practice and then they're going to go play a soccer game. So it's going to be great. Um, so we got that. And then my niece is coming over tomorrow afternoon and I'm going to change her oil. Um, that's kind of it. That's all I've got planned. Nice. Uh, you need to clean. We always need to clean. Like our floors are always sticky. Oh my God. We clean all just the time. all the time. Just constant cleaning. Will's crawling now, like officially crawling, crawling. Oh, man. And now, like, you, you have to shift back in that mode of like vacuuming every day and making sure all the floors are clean and things like that. Cause, yeah. The thing you got to know about babies is if they put it in their hand, it's going in their mouth. So, absolutely. If it, if it, every time, if they find it, it's going in their mouth. Whatever it is, doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. It's, kids are ridiculous. That's all we talk about. Kids are ridiculous. They are. Uh, They're absolutely wild. Grayson's learning. Uh, he had his, I think, 15-month checkup last week. Um, and they were, you know, making sure he was hitting milestones and whatnot. And they asked, you know, does he know at least 10 words? And we were like, yeah, I think so. Do animal sounds count? <laughs> <laughs> and the doctor said, absolutely. And we were like, oh, yeah, then he knows 10. So, he, like, it's crazy. He's now in this... Um, moment of like brain explosions mm-hmm. brain blasts like jimmy neutron where like love that face just, <laughs> like love he's it. just learning like in a week he learned all these animal noises so you ask him you know what does an owl say and he'll who and what does a duck say and he'll quack um <clears throat> we were outside yesterday and uh i said Grayson was picking at a flower at a dandelion I said, oh, great, that's a dandelion. And he just goes, rawr. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's a hoot, but still just throwing everything on the floor that he well, eats. Yeah, that's going to happen. So sick of cleaning up mac and cheese and, like, berries and juice off of the floor. I would say I am too, but Ben sometimes just does the same thing. He's like bored with it and just <laughs> pushes it around and then it's gone. So I, I'm still in that mode. Right. Um, but yeah, so so this weekend, probably just cleaning, organizing a little bit. Uh, I don't know. It's not supposed to be nice this weekend, which is a real bummer because it would just be nice to clean out my shop. That's all I want to do is just clean my shop, oh, clean yeah. up some a bunch of sawdust that's laying around, like reorganize it, make it look nice, get ready for spring and summer. I know it. Do shop things. I just like to get outside. I'm at the point where we've had the opportunity a few times, but like when it was warm, I would just take Ben's little battery Jeep out of the shed and I would sit on a chair while he drove around the backyard and I would make sure he didn't yeah. run into anything. And then that's, well, I, not run hard into anything because he runs into everything. <laughs> but... 
uh make sure he doesn't get stuck and that's that's all i gotta do and it's just like yeah so nice to be able to just do that and we have it for like two straight weeks now yeah we'll get there eventually i know it um all right well uh jared do you want to talk about your news i'm putting you on the spot yeah yeah i'll talk about it so um i am taking a new job uh i feel it's been one year we go again one year since i've (laughs) said the same thing already uh i am confident that i won't be saying this a year from right now so that's a good sign it's good um uh not that taking jobs is bad. Not that taking jobs is bad. I it's not even yeah. about that. I just have take I've taken a new job once a year for the last since 2020. So uh three, three, years? St- three straight years. Um so it's uh I'm excited about this next job. It's it's gonna be a blast. I'm not gonna say where it is, uh, but uh yeah. it's it's gonna be a blast. I fit right in. I think it's gonna be good. Um, it's a bigger corporation than I. I'm working in like a small company now, and not that there's anything wrong with small companies. I think it's great if you're passionate about it and you want to get into it. But um, I, a lot of eyes are on you all the time, and you make like one mistake, and it's you. You can't really hide from it, right? And you gotta right. Uh, and so with that, there were some factors out of my control too, like um the company lost a big client that I was working on and things like that. So um, it was just the right time. It's more stability that I'm going for. That's really the big focus right now. And funny enough, I I'm kind of shifting gears. Not that I, I won't enjoy my new job or work hard at it, but like for a long time, I've been trying to find something I'm super passionate about at work. Like, Oh, I want to find the thing that's going to get me up in the morning, stuff like that. And this right. job, like this time around, I actually, looked for a job where I could spend more time with my family is essentially what I did. You know, I I wanted to find a job where it's, it's, you know, do the work, work hard when you're at work. And then when you're at home, you don't even have to think about it. It's okay. You know, there aren't going to be people calling you at eight o'clock at night. You don't have to be expected to check your teams. Uh, You know, I worked, um, just for, you know, a little background. Like I worked super bowl Sunday this year. I don't want to do that again. I don't want to, uh, be in, you know, something like that. So, I'm uh I'm excited to take this new job and, and go in this new direction. So um it's gonna be a blast. And I now feel like I'm an expert at interviewing because I have interviewed so many times <laughs> recently and this just this most recent time I, I ended up uh talking to quite a few companies. Um right. So I uh I feel like I have that nailed down to a T. God, what a good segue. What right. a great segue. I'm you a really professional just set at this, that up. Yeah. You are we've done this for three years yeah um yeah so we're gonna talk about interviewing uh a while back we did a whole dad talks on resumes and how we made our resumes and you know what it took or what we thought about resumes while we looked at them uh so i text jared earlier this week and i said hey since you're professional at interviewing now how do you feel about an episode on it and kind of you know our tips on interviewing our um, strengths and weaknesses, our just overall interviewing experiences. Uh, you might get something out of it. You might not. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, That's every who week. Who knows? Right? Exactly. So let's kind of start at the beginning um, interviewing. So do you, you have a lot of experience actually going through interviews. Yeah. Um, have you had the opportunity to actually in, be the interviewer and interview? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's been a while. Um, I 
did it actually right out of college. Um, so I got at my first job, I was the intern. I got hired on full time. And then they asked me to take over the intern hiring committee uh, and do the interviews okay. with the HR person. So um, I have experience. I've interviewed college kids a lot, I would say. Um, I haven't gone through and been the actual like uh, professional interviewer. Um, but uh, I have interviewed quite a f- quite a lot of people a lot of people apply for internships that's for sure so um yeah i've uh i've interviewed a lot and actually been like a part of the hiring process and like decision making process for a lot of people yeah okay cool how about you um so i've had direct reports so right yeah yeah i had direct reports so i have done a lot of interviews um by the time i left where i'm at now when i left there a year ago I'd probably done know, maybe 50 to 60 interviews on people like, you know, preliminary interviews and then more in-depth interviews as well. Um, Can I say something? Yeah. Are you the easiest interview of all time? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've seen how you critique movies, Joe. <laughs> That's very true. Um yeah, and and we, my boss and I, at that time, we just took over the prelim interviews too. Like mm-hmm. we didn't even let HR reach out to him. HR just sent us resumes, and we sifted through them and said, "Okay, we're gonna call." Oh know, wow! This group of people, whatever it might be. Um, so we did prelim interviews, and then we did the more in-depth actual interviews. Um, so let's talk about interviewing a little bit. When you go into an interview, um, let's say you've gone through the prelim. Let's talk about that main big, you know juicy interview um how do what kind of mindset do you go in with like do you go in expecting a time if they haven't set one like they you know i don't i don't i didn't ever say this is going to be a hour-long interview or whatever but do you go in expecting anything like that yes i would say um i expect interviews to either be a half hour or an hour depending on on how they go um it's changed now because of the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. And now that I've been hired three times since the pandemic started, I can safely say how different it is. But like um, now you schedule it like through teams, like, or Slack yeah. or whatever, uh, zoom, I think, you know, whatever, whatever you do. And the time will say in it. Right. So like my interview was from 10 AM to 11 AM. So I'm assuming that it will be an hour. Um, right. And that might, it might be different by industry, but like everybody's pretty schedule focused in my industry. So it, it like, if you don't schedule it, somebody will book time over it. And then you're stuck like cutting an interview short because you have to like go um, to another meeting. So um, right. I, I expect it to be set so that I can plan my day too, especially because it's different now when I, before the pandemic. So let's talk about like before and after before the pandemic, I, like when I interviewed for uh, the company back in 2020, I took the whole day off work because my interview, I had yeah. four interviews uh, all basically all morning. It was basically from 8am until 1pm. I was in interviews the whole time. So you take, you, you know, you got to take a whole day off work. You're not going back to right. work after that. Um, yeah. The, these last, this last round of interviews, I would just book an hour off my calendar because I could turn yep. from my left to my right. And I'm suddenly in an interview and then turn that off, go right back to work on my left. Right. So like, yeah, it's, it's definitely different in that, in that aspect from, from a planning perspective. Um, 
I, I would assume if people are going, it, it's starting to look like a, it's this job searching time. There's a lot more hybrid and um, things like that. Uh, so I'm assuming if people mm-hmm. are going to go in and interview in person, then they'll take the day off. But for the most part, it for me, I just kind of like, I expected it to be the hour that they booked it. And then when they were done, I would just flip back over to my, my other work and go from there. Yeah, for sure. Um, what kind of prep do you do before an interview? Great question. Very good question. Because in business school, they drill this into your head until you, uh, yeah. until, so write down questions. So actually funny enough, I'll show you because, uh, they won't read it, but I like pre-write my questions that I want to know. Um, always yeah. make sure that you have questions at the end of the of the interview. It makes you seem interested Absolutely. in the role. Oh my god, that was the one thing I was gonna say is ask questions about the role and the company overall. <laughs> and it doesn't it doesn't even matter. Like I my I've gotten this down to a science, but like my three questions are almost always the same. It's what's your favorite thing about working for X company? And ninety nine percent of the time, people are gonna say the people, but you can yep. gain a lot from that answer, right? So like I actually had. I was choosing between two companies for this last role and I, both companies had great company culture, great like interactions. You could feel it coming through the screen basically of like how much of a family it felt like they, uh, the company was right. And the other company, not, not the one I took, but the other one, the, when he answered that question, I was super impressed because he, he didn't just talk about like, Oh, I like all of the people I work with. Right. That's great. You can be friends with your coworkers. Right the better answer was he talked about how willing to help everybody was how Mm. like collaborative everybody was about it. So it's not even like, Oh, I like the people I work with. That's a table stakes. You should like the people you work with, but how else do you really like this job? Really like this company, things like that. And that was a good question. So that's one. And then two, um, well, I'll, I'll come back to those questions, but it's always the same questions. Like, um, What's your favorite thing about the company? What does somebody need to be successful in this role? And then um, what are some of the biggest challenges somebody in this role is going to face? Okay. Those three things. So yeah. It gives you a good idea of the job and the people that you're going to be working for and with. Um, so I do that. I spend time on the website. I actually admittedly did that less this time around, but that's because the company I ended up taking, I've, uh, I know very well, very, very well. Um, mm. and then, uh, the other company I did do the research on because I was, uh, I didn't know them very well. They're kind of a, they're a software company. So their name is not their name brand. Um, right. So I did a lot of research on that. Um, and so, uh, and then a big thing, a big research I do that I don't know if a lot of people do it, but I use Glassdoor a lot. Um, mm. especially cause this time I was picking between two jobs. I used Glassdoor yeah. a ton to do reviews to make sure because I thought I knew which job I wanted, but yeah. the other company had better reviews. And I was like, huh, it, do I, you know, really what direction do I want to take this? How do I want to go? So I spent a lot of time researching like reviews, benefits, interviews, things like that. I've also in, so um, when I was applying to uh, a company before, I went through a consultancy interview. And what that is, mm-hmm. is a, you basically have to do business problems. So case studies, you have to do case studies in an hour. Um, wow. And to, so it's basically uh, one of the examples is like, I have two motors that are the exact same uh, with one t- small difference. Okay. And I sell 90% of my product through motor A. 
but I have 10% of my cust or 10 per those 10% of sales are to one customer that really, really, really likes, uh, uh, motor B. How would you solve this? Right. Um, and so you have to go through and say like, Oh, well the cost benefit analysis, blah, 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 right. all the business buzzwords, the synergies, the blah, blah, blahs. Okay. And so I had never done an interview like that before. That's very, very, uh, consultant focused. It's like McKinsey, Boston consulting group, Bain. That's how they all use, like, that's how they all do their interviews. Um, and I'd never done it before. So I actually went and did a bunch of, I went on McKinsey's website and did a bunch of practice ones. Cause they like have oh, okay. a bunch of practice uh, interview questions that you can do and sit down and uh, type out your answer and it'll grade it for you. Um, and then you can watch it. People do videos on them all the time on YouTube and stuff like that. So um, I do a ton of research uh, depending on the time. I will say now that I'm a parent, I can't just sit on my phone all the time and, you know, watch videos yeah. on companies and things like that. Um, I've also gotten to the point in my career where I know what I want to do. I think early in my career, I was uh, not entirely sure. Didn't know what I wanted to do. I wasn't entirely sure what I was getting myself into. So I did a lot of research to like see what other people experienced in that job. I know what I want now. Right. So it's, it, it requires less research from me. Um, but still, if you're going to, if they say you're going to have a problem solving interview, especially, I also work in a very technical field and I haven't had yeah. to do this in a long time, but I've had, um, companies ask me to do technical work during my interviews like uh hey can you explain what code to use or what keyword in, in this code you would use um right can you explain what joins are for uh in databases what a left join is what a right join is can you yeah that kind of thing so doing that research especially uh i was actually caught off guard they didn't say beforehand and i had to wing it and i got it right but um if you're going in and the job description has some like hey no this program they're going to ask you about that program and that goes back yeah. to if i was the interviewer i would ask a lot more technical questions because i've seen a lot of people come in and say like i know how to do things in tableau and then you ask them to do it and it takes like two weeks for them to do a simple thing and you're like i don't even care if you know how to do it you have to know how to google it that's the majority yeah. of the world right now but if you don't know how to do it at least know how to google it so that's i i do that kind of research okay um so that's kind of the prep work uh while you're in the actual interview itself yeah uh you get asked the questions right you they every interview will always have that same basic kind of structure of like you know what's the biggest problem you faced and how did you solve yeah. it what what are yeah. what was your greatest strength what's your greatest weakness uh how tell me a time where you <laughs> faced a lot of pressure all those standard yeah, normal exactly. questions how do you get to the point as quick as possible while making it sound um professional if that makes sense right like how yes. do you, how do you get that out there in an instant and i'll tell you why because i had an interview one time where the person took 25 minutes to run through their, their jobs like their careers they had before and it was only a half an hour interview and yeah I, I, I could not they wouldn't stop talking and we couldn't stop them from yep. talking yep <laughs> it is it's difficult and it's especially difficult because talking to somebody who's on a podcast right now talking comes very naturally to me right i 
uh, and it's funny because I've had the opposite problem where somebody said, yeah, I worked here, I worked there, I worked there. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, what did you do? Uh, yeah. And so, uh, especially, I, again, I work with a lot of technical people. Technical people are very, matter of fact, straight to the point. I did this. Right. I wrote this code for this many years. Um, now, on the flip side, I'm a rambler. Considering how long our episodes go, I think everyone is not going to be shocked by that. <laughs> so I have, and I, I've accumulated quite a long resume. The best way to do it is to formulate a story. I have a story of yeah. my, of my career to this point. Yeah. I pick out highlights of what I did at each job. So I worked at, I was an intern. Got, um, I got it. I was an intern. They had never had an intern. They had a bunch of data. I put it all together, presented it to the VP. They hired me on full time to continue doing that. That's step one of the story. Then from there, I got moved to Kansas city to do a, a sales job. Found out I didn't like sales. I was doing analytics, came back, expanded on my analytics, learned how to write SQL. Next job, I wanted to do more than just code writing. So I then wanted to do more strategy. So I took this job doing strategy. Then the pandemic hit. My team fell apart. I was forced to go to another company where I did X. I built this dashboard for the C-suite. That company also, because of the pandemic, fell apart. Uh, Right. So I found uh, something closer to home, something more local. That company just lost their client, right? Telling the story of my resume more than just, well, this is my job. This was my everyday. This is what I did at that job. Job number two. This is this job. This is what I did every day. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Right. And I do, I don't, re- I go job by job, but it's, it's top points telling the story of why I've moved from job to job and what I've learned at each job. And that's it. It's like a few sentences right. each and, depending on the speed of the interview. So like we talk about the difference between a recruiter interview and a, and a manager, a hiring manager interview. My recruiter interview is fast. It's yeah. this, 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 and this. I learned this code. I learned how to build this. I did it for these people. I, re- I had high visibility to the C-suite. Boom. That's, you know, yeah. that's the, the recruiter interview. Then the hiring manager, you can pick out pieces that direct, I mean, this will probably be something, but another point, always have the job description up in front of you so you can talk to exactly what the job yes. description is saying. Uh, and so as I tell this story and I'm staying like high level, I use this tool. Oh, funny. They want that. We'll say SQL. They want SQL for this job. I've used SQL at this job, this job, this job to do X, Y, yeah. and Z with it. Right. Right. And so um making sure that i stay at that high level and also always tailoring it to the uh to the um job description so tell a story don't get bogged down in the details that's the best way to say it tell a story don't get bogged down in the details exactly if the interviewer wants to know more about it they'll ask you they will ask you don't you don't need to go in depth you don't need to go over the moon with your whole work history that interviewer is going to ask about it if they need to and be conscious of time, right? For that exact reason. Yeah, exactly. If, if it's a half hour interview, don't don't tell the whole story. Pick yeah. out a couple of different jobs. If you have a lot of different jobs, that's the other thing. Don't be afraid to skip them. If if it's not totally. relevant, like so, this is a perfect example. I am now a data analyst. I I am an analytics manager. 
I have a sales job on my resume. I don't really ever talk about it. Yeah. The, the only yeah. time I ever bring it up is to fill in the gap of what happened between when I stopped being an analyst to when I started being an analyst again. I had that one year of sales. And so I say, I did sales for a year. I came back and I would do analytics on my sales route every night. And I thought to myself, I'm doing analytics on my personal time. I should do it for a job. Boom, move on to the next job. So like, yeah, that's all it takes. You don't have to get bogged down on, on jobs aren't, that aren't relevant. You don't have to get, just say you did it Absolutely. and say you, this is what you learned. If there was something you learned from it and then just move on to the things that are relevant. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even know if we talked about this on our resume episode, but like, if it's not on your resume, I don't think you need to mention it. Yeah. No, like, nope. You know, like this is, we both worked in restaurants. That's not on our resumes. It's like, not important. <laughs> it's not, nobody cares that I was a server for for Burdicks. Nobody cares. Now, granted, that's where we're at now. But way Correct. back when, when we got our first jobs, that was important because it was customer service. How did you greet customers? How did you do X, Y, Z? Right. But this all comes down to keeping it relevant. I think we've circled this topic exactly. a couple of times. Keep it relevant. What is the job you're applying for? What skills will allow you? to be the best at that job. You went into customer yeah. service. So being a server dealing with customers led you into that. The same thing. Right. I went in my internship when I applied for it, I was a server at the time and I was be, I was a sales operations intern. So I'd be working with salespeople. Well, I'm a server. I know how to work with people. That's like, yeah. boom, that's what it is. Right. So being able to use the skills, but keeping it relevant, it doesn't necessarily matter what the job is. And, to that point, and we talked about this on resumes, but like I hide jobs on my resume. As we like, mm -hmm. I had three jobs at my first company. I only put the middle one on there because it's the only one that's relevant, right? It's yeah. the job that led into my other jobs. I don't put my sales job title. I don't, I don't break that out into three separate titles. I don't, it's not relevant. It's like for all the jobs I'm applying to, they're not going to look at that. And Honestly, it gets confusing because they might go and look and be like, why was he a salesperson? And now he's applying for an right. analytics job. They're not going to look at that. Keep it relevant. Keep it to the point. Just stick to the job description. That's weird as that's. There's two big pieces. I know we're, we're rambling a little bit, but there's two big pieces of advice as we talk about interviewing that I would give. The first one is stay relevant. Keep it to the job description. Focus on the job description. And the second one is to listen. The job, the interviewer will tip you to what they want you to say every time, no matter what I do it when I'm interviewing, Joe, you probably do it when you're interviewing, they're asking you questions that they want you to answer in a certain way. And they're going to tip you off on how to, on how they want to answer. Almost guaranteed. Unless it's something like, what's your biggest challenge in which you should have pre-cooked answers to that. That's part of yeah. your own internal research, right? I care too much. I just work I, too hard. I say yes to too many things. So I work late <laughs> at night, you know? Um, but like the interviewer will, they'll, they'll lead you there. And so all you have to do is listen and respond to the points that they made. I perfect example. I'm interviewing for this company. They want somebody who can clearly uh, describe analytic functions to non data people. That's the role they were mm -hmm. looking for. Somebody who can branch that bridge between data analytics and, and non-data people. Right. The answer is in that. As they're asking, hey, we're, you know, can you do this? Yes, I can do this. This is how I do exactly what you just asked. Right? It's yeah. in there. Just listen to what they're asking you. 
and then respond to the question they asked. Too many times in interviews, people aren't listening to what the interviewer is asking. They're just preparing their next answer. I think it's the best advice I got. And like I said, this we literally had classes on how to interview and make resumes in, in business school. This is like interviewing is a is a core function of business for some reason. Um and <laughs> so but like in that the tips and tricks you pick up are don't like don't be afraid to take a pause. Nobody's going to mm. nobody's going to be angry at you for saying, "Hmm, let me think about that for a moment." Collecting right. your thoughts and then answering. Obviously, you can't wait 30 minutes to do it, but if I'm asking you a question like when, you know, explain to me a time where you had to explain a complex problem to somebody who didn't understand it. Yeah. Okay, let me think about that for a second. Hmm. Oh, well, there was this one time in my history where blah 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 blah, right? I would, and the third one is know your resume. Yeah, know your resume. Um that's a huge one. Um so when it comes down to the um they're going to ask you those questions. They're going to take notes. Like, don't be intimidated by it. Yeah. Like, that's just going to happen. They're going to take notes down. Um, is there any moments during resumes that you find are red flags? Interviews? Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I hope there's not red flags in the resume. Um, yeah. Boy, that's From the interviewer. How pertinent that you ask this question. Um. <laughs> I, I joke because Joe had a t- traumatic job experience yeah. before this one. Um, right. You know, it's funny. Uh, the job I'm at now <clears throat> tipped me off beforehand. And I didn't know. And it's something I've filed away for the next interviews that I go through. In a lot of job descriptions, they will say, like, sometimes you have to work nights and weekends. Mm-hmm. In the interview, they doubled down on that a little bit. Mm. And they were like, you know, we're a client-facing organization. We kind of have to be available for our clients when we need to. Right. And in the interview time, I was like, yeah, of course, that makes sense. Like, what, I, you know. Yeah. But what I didn't think about is they meant literally all the time. Yeah. Like, the clients will call you at 5 o'clock their time, which is West Coast, so it's 8 o'clock your time. Right? Mm-hmm. And close of business is not 5 o'clock Eastern. It's 5 o'clock Pacific. They that happens all the time. These, you know, yeah. Like, and so it tipped me off. It didn't during the interview, but now I pay f- attention to things like that. Of like, do I want to live my life like that? Right. Like, is that something? Right. And I don't at this current moment with my kids being this young. Like we've talked about when I log off at five, I have an hour and a half with Ben before we start bedtime. So like, yeah. if I'm off late, I that's time cutting into the time I get to spend with my family. Right. Yeah. Um. And so the amount of time, like the amount of times I've been out picking up dinner with Ben in the car and the clients called me and I've had to answer with my kid in the car, right? Like things like that, like that it's, I should have noticed beforehand and I didn't. And now it's something right. I'll fly away from next time. So like, that's, that's like yeah. a red flag that I would, that I would focus on. And, and it's the other red flag is that question of what's your favorite thing about working here? If they just say, Oh, I like the people I work with. Yeah. That's nothing. That's a nothing work. That means they don't right. like what they're doing. <laughs> exactly. So I I know we're running long, but I think this is kind of an important topic. Um, how 
I think it's okay, and you can tell me your opinion. Sure. I think it's okay to end an interview um, professionally if you honestly think that it's not going to work for either party. Um, and, but, you know, do it as professionally as you can. You know, don't just say, this isn't for me and leave, right? Um, granted, this works better in an over-the-phone interview versus an in-person interview. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't leave an interview um, without setting expectations as far as like, you know, this one might not be for me and I don't think I'm the best fit for you. And this comes from an interview that I had with um, Carvana. I'm just going to throw their name out there. Uh, because we were, I was talking to them and, you know, they were like, well, this, this job is going to be um, like Tuesday through Sunday or something like that. And I was like, oh, you know we were interviewing and that kind of came in the middle of it. And I was like, Oh, you know, I have young kids. Weekends really aren't going to work for me. Nights aren't going to work for me. And they're like, Oh, well, we're kind of really looking for this. And I said, well, unfortunately I don't think yep. you know, this is going to work for me. And I don't think I'm going to be able to work for you in that aspect. So I don't think we really have, uh, we can play ball here. Like, I don't think this is going to work out for either of us, but you know, thank you for taking the time. 100%. Especially, I mean, it should be more, like things like that are should be apparent in the yeah. uh, recruiter interview. If you make it to a, yeah. a hiring manager, I, I I'll give I'll speak from my experience. Of course, if you're in a different scenario, you know tweak this. But if you go through the hour long interview and you didn't like a single moment of it, like if you weren't enjoying yourself in the interview, because remember you have to talk to these people every day. If you take this job, yeah. you talk to them every day. If you don't enjoy yourself, don't be afraid to send an email afterwards and say. I appreciate the time. I just don't think this is for me. Uh, yep. You know, hope our paths cross again. End of end yeah. of job. Send send the email, and you know what? You don't even send it to the people you interviewed with. Send it to yeah the recruiter, the HR person, whoever whoever like hooked you up and set you up on this. Send them an email and say thanks, but no thanks. You know, I right. appreciate the time, and I'm gonna keep looking. Yeah. Um. So I have two more questions before we wrap up. Um. Well, the first thing, you know, throughout that entire interview process up until you get to that end, you know, make sure you are yourself. You don't want to sell something that you don't possess. Does that make sense? Like, right? Oh, yeah. You don't you you don't want to oversell yourself. Don't sell what it's, you it's don't really have. Something. Exactly. Um, so make sure you stay true to yourself, true to your experience and true to what you know, because you don't want to oversell and then get in a really rough spot as you, you know, start that job. Um so my first question is, you kind of mentioned it, but you have those three questions, right, that you tend to ask. Do you ask those at the end of an interview, or do you kind of space those out in between or throughout the whole thing? Most of the time I ask them at the end. Um, yeah. Occasionally, if it's a conversational interview, I've had a few of those where it's like just a conversation, like it's not, uh, we're not going to. This most recent one I went through was Star, uh, which is like the situation, action, results. Uh, you have to frame right. it like that. Uh, which a lot of people struggle with. I think I've just been drilled so hard because business school, they make you do it like that. But like um, that I waited until the end because that's not a conversational interview. They're asking specific questions that you have to answer. Um, right. But uh, if it is a conversational interview, I'll they'll be like, you know, first off, do you have any questions about the role, anything like that? And then I can lead in and, and say like, well, I, you know, something specific like what coding languages do you use or what tools do you use things like that i'll ask uh if not i'll wait till the end and be like okay i just have a couple questions about the company a couple questions about the role itself 
I can go from there. Yeah. Sure. And it's totally okay to not know everything about the company. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, you know, so ask questions regarding the company, ask questions regarding the role, the team that they're on. Um, kind of a chain of command, I think. Uh, if it's important to you, don't well, be afraid to ask about work life balance. Yes, absolutely. People will not like that does not scare off interviewers. They're not gonna be like, Oh, they're already worried about work life balance. And if they are, then you don't want to work there. Right. Exactly. And you can if you feel unconfident you can always explain why right you know i have a family i'm going to school i'm doing xyz whatever it might be um then my ending question is um do you do follow-up after interviews uh yes and no i don't i (laughs) i think it's old-fashioned uh i i've never this sounds is gonna be cocky and i don't care if I have to send a follow-up, I think I've already lost a job. Mm, mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like 90% yeah. of the time it'll be like, Oh, something you should ask, ask about timing. Always ask about timing. When are you looking to make the decision on this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. then you'll know if it's been a week and they told you it'd be a couple days, maybe send a follow-up to double check, but you've probably, you probably haven't gotten that job. Right. Um, and so, uh, that's really the only time. Now, I did on this most recent company, it said they send you like the pre-interview materials and it says on there like make sure you send an email follow-up. So like, all right, I'll send an email follow-up since they like specifically ask for it in the pre like interview documents they send gotcha. you. Most of the time no, because it'll be like 24 hours, 48 hours later before they call you back and they have a decision one way or another, right? Um Yeah. Or they'll tell you, hey, I'm going to take a while on this. And then yeah. if you want, you can send an email a couple weeks later just saying, hey, just want to, you know, if you need anything else from me or let me know. But most of the time, if I'm at the point where I send a follow-up, I, I have not gotten that job. For sure. For sure. Um, you and I are in our professional lives now. We're, you know, so one of us is thir- in their 30s. True. Uh, <laughs> True. The other is about to be. Um we're at that point where we know kind of where our paths might be leading. They, there's still time for it to change, but we have an idea of what our professional life is yeah. you know, currently right now. Um, I think for somebody who this is their first big job or even their first job, right? Uh, interviewing, maybe let's say you've had, you've worked at McDonald's and you get an interview for a decent nine to five job, wherever it might be. Um, this is my actual real last question, and then we're going to leave so you can go be a Jedi. Yeah. Um, somebody who's uh, looking to get their first kind of big, big person job, do you have any tips for those kinds of interviews? It's been a while since we've done them, um, but you know, you're coming out the gate. Not to say that you know, working in fast food isn't a, a big person job, but maybe you did that in high school, but now you're looking high school and you now can work full-time or whatever it might be uh and you get an interview for a nine-to-five customer service position Mm -hmm. what would your tips be on something like that entry-level jobs specifically and i know there's that big debate up here they want two to three years experience for an entry-level job blah blah blah. yeah true entry-level jobs that are just looking for a degree or they're just looking for some years of you know work experience um, and that, if it says, oh, one to two years professional experience, they're talking about working anywhere. 
it's not anywhere. yeah it's not a company you don't have to go work for a corporation to get working experience if you've been a server for three years that's three years of work experience that's i mean right. and so um what i would say you're not going to be able to lean on projects or on like we'll say from like a business standpoint when i was getting my first job i wasn't able to say i drove x amount of sales increase on this project right I, exactly I, I do that now because i've had seven years of experience when i was first coming out right what you lean into is your personality yeah it's going to be what skills and personality traits do you have that will make you successful the role so like customer service i'm not afraid to talk to anybody on the phone i'm open i you know i'm able to communicate clearly and simply and directly right those things are what are important again right. it's it also goes back to staying relevant but like if you don't have the the the, the actual numbers to say i'm going you know i've done this and this and this lean into who you are i am this person mm. that can do this uh in college they made us take strength finder tests like four times you know yeah. and so a big thing for me is i'm i am what they call achiever which means i like to check things off a to-do list so they are going to That's ask good. you how do, yeah I know. i'm a wooer of course you are joe of course you are <laughs> winning other people winning over others yes of course you are joe. yeah um <laughs> and so i like to check things off a checklist so when they ask you how do you stay organized when you're working well this is who i am i'm a checklist person i make to-do lists and i cross things off my to-do list that's how i yeah. stay organized um and so again strengths finder is just one example but like i'm also futuristic so like i like to think two to three steps down the line so when they ask you what your greatest strength is i'm always thinking two to three steps down the line what's your greatest weakness well sometimes i lose track of where i am right now because i'm thinking too far ahead right yeah Boom. things like that so it's it's who you are not what you've done i would say when you're looking at jobs like that when you're looking at and honestly if you're looking to switch careers this isn't even necessarily for just you know entry level if you have 10 years experience but you're looking to get into something else well this is who i yeah. am you know yes my 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 job career is taking me one direction but this is who i am as a person and this is what i like to do totally yeah i think that, that is all very good um well Aaron, thank you for uh, letting me interview you about interviews. Of course. Uh, My favorite thing to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, and thank you all so much for listening. Hopefully you got something out of it. Uh, shoot us some questions if you have questions on interviewing um, or resumes or anything like that. We would love to hear from you. Um, Jared and I did a dad talks like we had mentioned on resumes. So you have questions on that. Uh, we kind of walked through ours and how we built ours. Um again thank you so much for listening we really appreciate you if you haven't already give us a like a comment a subscribe a rating all that stuff helps us out um we've got some pretty cool things coming down the pipeline um that we're we're not gonna chat about yet but just let you know that they're coming and uh in the next couple months here we'll we'll get something out there but uh any of that will will help us and uh thank you so much to planet ant for having us on their podcast network and hey, if you haven't yet, go follow us on social media. We're at Big Dad Energy Pod on Facebook and Twitter. And we're at Big Dad Energy Podcast on Instagram. So uh, go give us a follow. Stay up to date with what we're doing. And, uh, and hopefully we can connect with you on the other socials. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate it. I know uh, we always say it's going to be 20 minutes. And here we are an hour and 10 minutes in. And we just love Oh, it. no. Uh, 
So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, and uh, for both of us, I'm Jerry Spansky. I'm Joe Lopez. Remember, click your twice before you use it. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.